Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. I am so excited to have a special guest here with me on the podcast today, Jennifer Balcom, and welcome. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for joining me today. So for all of our listeners, will you just introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, um, your family, children, work? Hi, um, my name is Jennifer Balcom. I live in Michigan on 10 wooded acres with my husband and my 17-year-old son. Um, we've been married 13 years. This is a second marriage for me. And I am actually a public library director and a life coach, both love them both. Yeah. Awesome. What a good combination. I love it. (laughs) All right. So Jennifer is on today to tell us a little bit about her journey, um, after being divorced and finding love again. And it's a beautifully unique story (laughs) (laughs) as all of ours are. Um, So tell us how long were you married the first time? And then how long were you single? I was married the first time for 10 years. And after my divorce, I was not single for very long. I met and married my husband in nine months. Now I actually my second husband is actually someone who was part of my church youth group when I was a kid. So we dated in high school and sort of reconnected via social media. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the stories I told myself about why it was a good idea to get married so quickly mm-hmm. after my divorce is that I already knew him and I knew his family and yada, yada. Yeah. Right. Ah, interesting. Someone that has been through divorce might feel jaded about getting into another relationship. Did you think you would remarry when you first divorced? And what were some of your thoughts about remarrying that you had to work through? At first, I didn't think that I I had no interest in remarrying at all. And then I sort of had the thought that if I'd married the right person, then it wouldn't have turned out like this. Like I, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a minister. Um, I, we were in my mind, I thought there are these, like, there are these rules you have to follow for your life to turn out the way you want it to turn out. Oh, yeah. And if you marry a Christian person and you go to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, and you do all the things right, then you're not going to end up divorced anyway. So I, you know, I was, I was sad and hurt about my divorce. I didn't really have an intention of getting married right away. And then I, the narrative sort of changed in my head. I was thinking, well, maybe if I'd married the right person, maybe he just wasn't the right person for me to marry. And when I reconnected with this ex-boyfriend, I thought, oh, well, he's, he's all the things, right? So um, this is going to be a great, I, this is going to be a great idea. I think it's really easy to blame the other person Oh yeah. um, and think, if he had done this and if he had done this, and if this situation would have been different, yeah. then we would be, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can relate. 
I can totally relate. <laughs> I know many other women can too. Okay. So, um, many women are eager to jump into dating after divorce. Some aren't, but some are, um, what advice would you give someone that's eager to rush in a relationship soon after divorce, which is speaking from experience for you? <laughs> I would say slow down, <laughs> totally slow down. I, I, um, when you think about it, when you're dating someone, it's sharing who you are and they're showing, sharing who they are with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how, you know, whether or not you're a good fit. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't have a really good sense of even who I was at that point. I remember, here's a story. I remember ordering Chinese food after I separated from my first husband. Like we would always order Chinese and I would order something and he would order something and then we would share. Mm -hmm. And so I ordered Chinese and the Chinese got there and I had it on a plate and I took a bite. And you know what? I don't even like that. Like what I had ordered <laughs> was ah. one of his favorite Chinese meals. Like it takes you a while to like, sort of sort that out. Like sometimes your identity and who you are can sort of shift as you're married. Oh, so, so true. I got into, so I ended up with my second husband. I thought everything was going to be great. And then all of the processing and emotional fallout of the divorce that should have happened before I got into that relationship started to happen inside of that second marriage. Right. And it was, it was bad. <laughs> we were constantly in conflict. Like I thought this person was going to complete me that he was going to meet every need that I had. Cause it was so amazing. And he was so supportive and we could talk about anything and then about a year and a half into the marriage, he was like, I, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. So then I'm laying on my bedroom floor, like no. saturating the floor with my tears. Like, why oh, is this yeah. happening to me again? Um, you know, I had a, I had a four-year-old, like I have a four-year-old son. He was four at the time. Um, it, it was just hard. And it took me three months into that separation for me to realize that I had done anything wrong at all. I really wow. thought that he was the problem. And in reality, <laughs> I was going to be divorced twice. And I was the only common denominator. I didn't like myself very much. Right. I didn't like myself very much. I didn't like the way my life was going. I was unhappy and I was blaming him for my unhappiness. When I was unhappy, I overate. Mm -hmm. I overdrank. Right. Like I, I, there were just, I overspent. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's oh, a I vicious really cycle. Yeah. It just, just yeah. everything just goes down downward spiral. Yeah. Right. And so when I finally had this little wake, like I, I would pray like God straighten him out. Like how can he call him Christian and want to divorce me? Right. Um, yes. when I finally woke up and realized that I like played a major role in this, then I did everything in my power to try to get him to change his mind. Like, look at me, I, I get it now. And he, he wasn't convinced. Um, needless to say that the processing had, had to happen. Yeah. It was a really, wow. it was a really painful experience too. Right. Oh, I'm sure. And what an awakening, like how humbling, like you had to really humble yourself to get to that point where you recognized I'm the common denominator here. I need to change. It's, it's awesome that you came to that. It's, it's awesome. Good for you. I, um, I remember going to church during this time, like after that three month period, I went to church one day. Um, 
and I have all kinds of thoughts about church when you're divorced, because sometimes church can be a really painful place to be when you're a single person, because church is about family. Like everybody goes as a family and then Mm -hmm. some of your friendships change. But, um, I went to church and there was a woman who was sitting in front of me who, I mean, my church isn't huge, but it's not small either. Like I, I, I knew that she wasn't a person who regularly attended. Um, and, but she looked really familiar to me and I couldn't place it. And so I was talking to her and after church, and it turned out that she was, she and her husband were youth group leaders in my church when I was in high school. Okay. And so she and her husband had divorced and they had been divorced for more than 20 years. And she was still really bitter and upset about that divorce. Like apparently her husband her ex-husband had recently started dating someone and was engaged and she was having a horrible time with his engagement. And I could not stop thinking about her. And I went home and I just, I thought like she's been divorced for 20 years Mm -hmm. and she's still bitter and angry, upset about this divorce. Mm -hmm. And I just, I vowed to myself, I'm not going to be that person. If my husband, my second husband decides that he doesn't want to be married to me anymore, Um, I'm going to figure out a way to be happy and move forward and create the life that I want to create with my son. Um, and, and that's the point when things really started to, to shift for me. Oh, that's beautiful. Jennifer, that is so powerful. I have, I've seen so many women like that after 10, 15, 20 years, they're just so full of venom and they're bitter and they're angry and they, what they've missed is they have ruined their own life in that time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so wise that you saw that and, and recognized, I don't want to be that. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's an awesome point. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So how are you different from the mm-hmm. time, um, when you first divorced from let's say for you, when you had your turnaround, because for a lot of people, it would be from divorce to, to remarriage, but your turnaround happened within your marriage, which is just Mm -hmm. unbelievable. So, um, how, how am I different now from my turnaround Mm -hmm. from before Um, that turnaround? I'm, I actually like myself. I know what I like and what I dislike. I mean, part of it is just that awareness. So like, say for example, okay. So if you're using the GPS in your car and you want to get from your house to the grocery store and you, you know, you type in the address of where you're going, you can't get where you're going unless you know where you're starting from. Like to get from point A to point B, you have to know where you are at point A. Yeah. So I think for me to really be clear with myself about my own weaknesses and um, my own pain and my own, all of those things. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of those things when, before that turnaround. And as I started to shift, like I decided I, you know, I'm going to start making these changes. Um, it was a day by day making the daily choice to continue on that path. Even if it didn't turn out and my marriage reconciling, even if I ended up getting divorced twice. And it was that every day getting up, showing up, I changed not just my relationship with my estranged husband at the time, but I changed my relationship with me. And in the end, I ended up becoming a a completely different person. And I was such a different person in the way that I thought and the way that I behaved that my estranged husband could see it. And we ended up 
reconciling, which I know isn't a, a common story, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, you could not pay me to go back to that unhappy um, person that I was before that yeah. turnaround. And, wow. you know, we were, you know, I lived in a tiny little house with my son. We were, we were broke. We didn't even have a TV. Like we went for walks and we went to the park and we saved all our pennies and dimes and quarters, like for over a year to be able to go on a little vacation. Wow. Right. And then on the way to vacation, our car broke down Aww. in Tennessee on the side of the road. It was a nightmare, but it was like, even now he's 17 and we have these conversations about, um, how that time was just an, a really an amazing time. Um, and, you know, and I think that, you know, my estranged husband at the time was going through a very similar sort of process. Like we weren't, there were months at a time when we didn't even speak. He really didn't want to have a whole lot to do with me. So wow. um, the fact that we're reconciled now is sort of miraculous in my mind. Honestly, right? it is. It's miraculous. And that you were so deliberate about really making those changes in your life that it's, it's amazing. That That is awesome. And that he also was making changes really kind of, you know, connecting with himself and becoming the person he wanted to be. That is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, how long have you guys been married now and your um, we're in our 13th year. Wow. Yeah, time. That's amazing. Okay. So I typically ask people to tell about your love story <laughs> and how, you know, like how you met, why did you decide to marry him? Why don't you start with that? And then maybe we could jump to like, after the reconciliation, like what, how it was different. So we like, granted, this was a long time ago. Um, we dated in high school, right? Um, we broke off when I went off to college. He was a year younger than me. And um, we reconnected on social media and we just started having some conversations on Facebook, which led to us having conversations on the telephone. We lived in different places. I lived in Ohio at the time and he lived in Michigan. Oh. Um, and you know, he was t- supportive and I could talk to him about anything. And I knew that he had a faith. Um, he too had, he had gone through divorce. He didn't have any children. Um, his first wife had, um, a substance abuse problem. And so I don't know, we just, we just kind of, we were always able to talk. Like it was almost like going back to high school, like, right. Being able to really Mm -hmm. have that connection. Yes. Totally supportive. Now it works because, um, we really love each other and we're supportive of each other and we really want to be together, but we don't really have like I, I don't want to say we don't need each other, but we, d- I don't need him to, to make me. Okay. Oh, like whole, that's brilliant. Whole- <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That, that is what we do, right. To help women it through coaching is you should be okay with or without anyone else in your life. It's brilliant. Well, and I think that's really easy to say and less easy to do because I think that we're socialized as women that you really need to have a significant other, you know, especially in church Mm -hmm. that you need to have a family. And I remember like, even from my family during that period of time, when I was separated, I even said to my mom once, mom, you keep, I know that you're sad about the separation and you want this marriage to work, but 
I am going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay as a person, even if I'm a single person, like there's sort of this message that you're not okay. You're not whole. You're, you're not a whole person without that other relationship. Yeah. And I, I also during that period of time really learned about myself and I really, like, I believe the Holy spirit lives in me. Right. And I believe that he guides and directs my actions. And part of it is really just being still and allowing God to speak to you about what you should or shouldn't do in a scenario. Like sometimes when you're going through a divorce or a difficult time, you want to go and talk to your friends about it or whoever you're, you're, and sometimes I think all of that talking to other people when everybody has a different opinion can be really confusing. Mm -hmm. It's learning to trust yourself and your gut and knowing there's enough self-trust there. Mm And enough trust in God, if you believe in him, that he's going to direct your path. Wow. That's beautiful. So true. So true. Um, Okay. So hopefully your second marriage is much better than your first and the beginning of your second marriage. Um, How is it better and what makes it better? Um, talked about this a little bit, but I think it's better just because my sense of self is better. Mm -hmm. Um, what I, you know, what my expectations of him are different. I also really, really pay attention to my thoughts and what I'm thinking about and Mm -hmm even when we got back together, you're like things, you know, it's not all sweetness and light always, you know, that's not reality. And I remember even after we got back together, I was really mad at him. And I made this list of things that I didn't like, like he leaves his clothes on the floor and he doesn't really care about me. And he never blah, 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 brings me coffee in bed, treats me like a princess, whatever. I mean, long list. And then I, and there were 37 things. There were 37 things on the list that I didn't like. And then I went back and I looked at each one of those things. And I was like, is that even really true? Like, I guess the the moral of the story is don't believe everything you think, because sometimes your, your brain plays tricks on you. And then when I would go through the list and sometimes I still do this, not just about him, but about other things or circumstances or relationships that helps me sort of shift the way I'm thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, I forget the question now, <laughs> I kind of went up on a tangent, but, um, how it's different now is that yeah. I really try to keep myself in check. And I, I, I think that he does the same and there's just, um, a trust there and a, and a flow there and communication there that just wasn't there prior to, um, all the yuckiness that happened. That's awesome. I love it. And I love what you said about being really aware of your thoughts and not always believing them and your list. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. I don't know if you'd be excited about, I'm sure he has a list of his own, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Hey, on a bad day, we could all make a list, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. If you could go back and give yourself like a piece of advice that you that on the day of your divorce, I know you and I both know everyone dreams of getting married. You grew up as a little girl about getting dreaming about your wedding day and getting married. No one contemplates even considers that they could be divorced. And that, that day when you're, you get divorced, it's a surreal 
day. It, it's a day that, you know, no one looks forward to. And so, you know, thinking of other women that may be listening to this, that may, that date may be coming or may have just passed. If you could go back and, and give yourself or other women, like any bit of advice on that day, um, what would it be? I would tell her <laughs> that regardless of what it looks like, that she's 100% going to be okay. And that there's nothing wrong with her and that she just needs to take some deep breaths and to slow down and to try to figure out what she likes and what she really wants out of her, what she really wants out of her life or what she wants her relationships with her kids to look like. Or I think just slow, slow down and just breathe. Like there's so much to enjoy about life. Like even in those there's so much like, um, good and positive, I guess that's what I would tell her, but absolutely slow down. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I remember that pain. I I do. Oh yeah. Me too. It's, it's a day you never forget. That's awesome though. I love that advice. I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I usually ask like, what role did your relationship with God or your Christian faith have in helping you through this time? Is there anything you would like to add? I know you touched on that a little bit. I think that through all of it, like through the, f- the first marriage and the end of that marriage and the second marriage, I-, I feel like I've gone through a little bit of a faith transition. Like I talked about how I really thought if I married a Christian person and I waited till I was married to have sex and I followed all of these rules that I wouldn't end up divorced, that everything would be okay that kind of got smashed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was, I think the, the second marital collapse or the problems in that relationship, um, really helped me learn to have a personal relationship where I was closely listening to what I felt like God was telling me to do. Um, I also, so that largely played a role. I also think I had a really good thought and I lost it. Um, I also think that, you know, in the Bible, right. In Romans 12, it talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think that, I think that as Christians, they don't teach us how to do that. They don't teach us or in like, I think in second Corinthians, it talks about um, holding every thought captive. Like, what does that even look like? Like, are we even like half the time we're unconsciously thinking things that we don't even know, know that we're aware that we're thinking, maybe not about people, but just about beliefs about what life can look like and what kind of job we can have and the kind of relationship we want to have with other people, with our family, with our children. And so I, that I think, could get me really excited. It's part of the reason I want to be a life coach. Cause I feel like there is so much about practical life that maybe necessarily, um, how we practically live our lives at, out, mm-hmm. um, sort of needs to be, I think that sometimes we give our power away by the way that we think about things. Right. So true. That, that is very well said. So true. Yeah. And I love your reference to scripture about holding thoughts and, and we're in this world where everything is moving and coming at us at, at, you know, like beyond like speed, hundreds of thousands of images and impressions. And, and, you know, it's competing with that peace in our mind. It's competing mm-hmm. with that 
process of slowing down. And I, I think you articulated that beautifully, that that's something that's important. So that's awesome. I love it. One thing I didn't say is that after, after um, my husband, Brian and I reconciled, um, I sort of did some of those same sort of things that I did with my relationship with my health. And I lost 85 pounds and oh. went off like my diabetes medications. And I guess I just feel like this thought work is so empowering, right? So like yeah. my relationship was changed. It's changed my health. And now I feel like we're going into this next season of having career and other kinds of changes. I'm just yeah. excited about it. I think it's a good season. It's hard in a lot of ways, but um, I don't think that you get the things in life that are most important without the hard. Yes. Yeah. So good. That is brilliant. I love it. How exciting. This is awesome. I'm so excited for you and I love your attitude and I am so thankful to you for coming on and sharing your story. It's beautiful and inspirational and I love it. And I think it will help a lot of women find the courage and faith that they're looking for as they're traveling the same road. So thank you so much. Jennifer. You're welcome. I, um, yeah, like my heart is for, you know, women being able to transform their lives. So, um, I love it. And you beautifully right. articulated how it affects every area of your life, starting with your thought work. It, it affects everything. And for you, your, your health, your weight, your marriage, your career, everything. It's, right. it's awesome. How can my audience find you if they want to work with you? I'm on Instagram. Um, they can find me at Jennifer L. Balcom, B-A-L-C-O-M. I would love to hear from anyone um, who wants to talk about relationships, career, um, just life in general, faith, faith transitions. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, reach out. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Are you struggling with the trials of divorce? There is a path to find joy in your journey. I would love to help you. Go to jenzingmark.com to get all the info. There you'll find a free download to help you start thinking happier thoughts today. And you can sign up to receive my weekly newsletter. If you like what you've heard here and want to dive deeper into this work, sign up for a free mini session with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.